Imagine your body placing shrink wrap in that area and all of a sudden you've lost motion. All we need to do is begin slowly working in a safe way to loosen the shrink wrap back to normal so we can get this region functioning as it's designed to. There'll be less degeneration, way less pain, and you, my friend, will be able to use that finger again without thinking about it, protecting it, and guarding it all the time. Welcome to Unsprained. I'm Dr. Lisa Erickson Brin, past medical for USA Climbing and a climbing-specific medical provider. Do you currently suffer from a finger that is acting up again and again, or an injury that you just can't seem to get over? Well, join the crowd. There are so many of us, and I say us as well because I've also been there. I'm excited to help you with simple, actionable steps, downloadables, and things you can read as well as watch that are going to completely transform your self-care, your training, and add many, many more years to your climbing. I'm excited you've joined me. Let's get started. Okay, you've been avoiding using it, letting it heal, and that finger is still just stiff, rigid, and not bending. Does this sound like you? Well, today's episode of Unsprained, we're delving into some simple, actionable steps to allow that finger to return to your mobile friend that you lost along the way. But first, let's step into why your finger's stiff and rigid so we can avoid making mistakes in our self-care. I like to paint the picture along the way to ensure you understand exactly what is happening in your finger. So let's jump into the tissue mechanics so we can imagine what might be happening below the surface of that frustrating finger. So is your finger bulbous, perhaps misshapen? This happens when inflammation is allowed to pool and the resulting scar tissue becomes a granular tissue that takes up more space than it used to. To compare it with a broken nose, which is a perfect example, when you quote unquote break your nose, most noses are made of a thin cartilage fin that attaches to the skin and soft tissue So when you break your nose, we're not really breaking it, but we're separating that cartilage and that tissue, and it fills instead with swelling. So you may get some possible bruising, and the body's response, just like an injured finger joint, if not pressed out, that swelling, if it's not pressed out of the region, we get an underlayment underneath the skin of of granular scar tissue, which makes your finger and your nose bigger and thicker than it ever was. So, okay, so now back to your finger. When you injure your finger, the swelling pools between the tissues and within the tissues, making more space. So that space then fills with the same permanent granular tissue. So got it? And yes, did you pick up that I said permanent? Your body thinks that this is a pretty good reinforcement. When you get injured, it, your body thinks it's building it back stronger. It may not look nice, but it in, no mean, it in no way means that there is a permanent injury lurking under the surface. So that's a positive. So, okay, so we hit on the visual changes that often accompany stiffness, and we have reminded ourselves, because for some of us, we have learned this and have forgotten it, and some of us are new to this whole self-care theory thing, and I'm excited about that, because as you learn, you understand better what the response to training and load you're seeing is if it's a warning sign or not. 
On that note, I've taken a few pages out of my book, Climbing Injuries Solved, and I've put it on my website for you. It's a free present, okay? So go to climbinginjuriesolved.com and then add a backslash and then put warning signs, warning dash signs, and my present will pop up for you to download. So don't forget to pop on my website and download this because it'll be so helpful to allow you to begin delving through your own body's signals of what is an injury and what is not. So a big bulbous finger we just learned could not be, it does not have to be a warning sign that you are injured. It may be a past accumulation of this granular scar tissue. And now that is just how your finger looks. And I've had many of you guys booking your virtual visits with me because you want to know, like, is my finger swollen or is that just the way it looks? Is this something that I need care for? Is this something that I've earned? That's just how it is. So when we're talking granular scar tissue, this is a permanent thing and that's just how it is. So what does this look like anatomically and what does it mean? So, okay, let's jump into a real world example. So imagine an impact to your joint. Say you hit it on a hold straight on or at a side angle, or in my case, that, you know, hanging from my tips. The distal joint or that dip joint, we call it DIP joint can be hypermobile on some climbers. So especially if you're a heavy bodied person, or if you're overly stretchy, or if you've injured it in the past. So myself, uh, my, my example of hanging from this finger and that joint shifts, it created a sprain in the joint capsule. So most people get all hung up on anatomy. So I wanted to talk joint capsules today. What exactly is a joint capsule? What does it look like? And how can we use real world things that we know about like plastic bags? And how do we compare that to a joint capsule so we can really understand anatomically what are we talking about and what is it within my body? So for a joint capsule of each of your finger joints, imagine the joint itself like a thick round plastic bag. It has two bones sticking out of it, right? And, and within the joint capsule, we have the end of each bone where the joint, there's actually where the two bones meet together. In my example, I want you to imagine holding your finger in a straight line as we look at the joint capsule. So are you with me so far? Excellent. So this big plastic bubble within the plastic bubble or this plastic bag or the ends of the joints where where your two long bones meet between them is a nice cushion of fluid and each bony end has a nice shiny surface, surface, which we call cartilage. And it glides nicely and easily as you bend it and flex that joint. So now zooming way out, we see this bubble with bones sticking out of it from a ways off. So over and outside of this bubble of a joint, we have tendons that attach it to the bone above and below it that run down along the the bones to the fingertip. And these tendons are important because they stabilize and hold that joint in the correct orientation. Okay, good job. All right, analogy over on that. So for those of us who are stretchy, this joint can shift, creating a small injury to that plastic sac or that capsule. So Imagine again, that thick plastic bag that we're comparing it to. And this injury, if you do overstretch this plastic bag, immediately creates inflammation, stiffness, and pain. So for my example, on my finger, 
pulling on a little tiny edge with just my tips, I felt the joint shift, uh, the joint that's nearest my fingernail. And then I started to feel a hot burning and aching, definitely was swollen and then proceeded to feel weak for the rest of my climbing. So it was hot, it was puffy, and it didn't want to be loaded like this again. So this is something that I ended up having to take a week or two off of it, uh, especially from holds that exacerbated it. So uh, tiny holds, especially towards the end of the night. And that hot burning pain disappeared and it was gone. So if you are noticing that you lack strength or you can't stabilize that joint and it appears hot and puffy, then you are at that inflammation zone. So that is different than the granular scar tissue case. Okay. So if it stays swollen and it heals and and then that scar tissue appears between the layers, then that's where that swollen puffy, um, well, it's not so much puffy, but it is enlarged and it is a permanent change. So, and, and the point I want to hit with that, once you have that scar tissue change, when you load that joint into flexion, so when you load it outside of a straight finger, you're now tugging on that scar tissue. So it's very easy to create a re-injury of an old healed injury, especially when we're talking finger joints. So this scar tissue has additional pain fibers that pay special attention to any sort of tension and load. So that way we can better understand where our injuries coming from. Is it that acute, hot, new puffy injury, or do we take a bunch of time off? Now our finger joint is all adhered and we're feeling that hot tear burny pain because it was glued together with excessive scar tissue. So a good sports medicine saying to live by is that the body puts 80% more scar tissue in than in around an injury than it actually needs. So this is something that, man, it's probably been a saying for 20, 30 years. I'm not sure if current research currently backs this up. I'm sure it does. Most current research where we're trying to research drugs and things that you can actually make money off of. So I haven't specifically researched that. However, um, as I'm looking on ultrasounds and I'm talking with other providers, especially for clients that are having Uh, where they'll actually go in with a needle and they'll break up scar tissue between the tendons and the sheath, the layer that goes over the tendon. This is still something we see a lot of. So most injuries, a good rule of thumb, most injuries that heal will lose their flexibility and they'll lose the glide between the different surfaces. So the skin and the tissue below the skin and even the joint itself can become stiff and contracted. So I love giving you guys visuals of how to see this. You can understand better what's going on in your body. So imagine your body placing shrink wrap in that joint that you injured. And all of a sudden it shrinks up And once healed, you have lost that motion. So that's what we see in a climber's finger. So, and how do we fix it? Well, that's an excellent question. All we need to do, which sounds easy, but it's not, um, is to begin slowly working in a safe way to loosen the shrink wrap back up to normal so we can get this region functioning as it's designed to function. And for those of you that have rotator cuff repairs or have, um, if your shoulder is too hypermobile or you can dislocate it easily, 
Most surgeons that go in and repair that, they'll actually use a heat gun on the joint capsule itself and they will heat it up and it will shrink wrap down so that that joint is stable. And then just like your little finger that's stiff and not bending, we slowly work to stretch it back out. And this is letting your body tell us Your body's guiding us as to how much is too much as we slowly work week in and week out of getting that range of motion back to a normal range. So now we're jumping into, well, what can I do home care wise? Um, There's so many good PTs out there that deal in fingers that are hand specific therapists. They are a small, small group. Um, I also specialize in fingers, but teaching you how to work on myself is just, or teaching you how to work on yourself is something I just love. So I would love to give you this big red flag. So you know, if you should or should not be working on yourself to try to give yourself mobility in a joint that is locked up and stiff. So in my office for my clients, if your injury is not currently active, so let's say you have let it heal. It is no longer hot or puffy or irritated, it could be enlarged and it's, that's just what size it is now. So we take the size of the joint out of the correlation, then we can begin working on mobility. So many of you are still in the gray zone on that. You don't want to take any more time off, your fingers bothering you, and you have been taking time off and it doesn't seem to be getting any less irritated. If you are in that boat, we need to talk because we're missing something in your in your time off or in your home care. So for those of you that it still kind of seems active, per, you, ha- you haven't been able to take enough time off or uh, after time off, it flares right back up again. Uh, you, go back to your PT, book a visit online or shoot me an email because we need to problem solve that finger. The rest of you, Your finger is stiff. It may be funky, funky looking, maybe misshapen, but it feels like it's healed. Great. This is where we start with the rest of you guys. So there are so many active steps that we can do to get your finger moving and flexible again. And that begins with focusing on focal. So that one joint only of getting some mobility into it. So with this podcast, I'm going to put a link Uh, So when you go to that link to pick up your your free uh, download of of my book, that page that that I highly, highly recommend, I'm also going to put a video where you can pop in and start learning how to mobilize that joint specifically. So we can begin using very gentle, timed overpressure into the joint after... Uh, And I always say with a caveat that I want you to make sure you soften your forearm musculature first. You can soften your forearm with a vibration tool or a roller. If you have a Nalgene or can of tomato paste, or if you've bought an arm aid or a roll flex, um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, that's fine. But the more we can have that forearm nice and soft and supple, uh, that way we just want to make sure your forearm is not affecting or loading into the finger, creating your finger problem. So usually I say soften your forearm first, then we gently get into that finger joint in question, the one that is stiff and we've lost range of motion. And we gently start weighting into the range of motion that's missing, either flexion or extension, whichever you have lost range of motion. For most of you, we want to try to get it back to 180 degrees straight. 
And that end flexion where if you curl all your fingers up, you can touch that finger to the mound at the base of your finger. So at that main knuckle joint. Now, genetics play a role in this. So I definitely want to bring that piece up. If you are a stiff person, you never have had this flexibility. You're missing it in every single finger and you know it's been there your whole life, right? It's not like an earned, um, all my fingers are now stiff. We work with what we have. So, and then also conversely, if you are an overly stretchy person and you can go way past the normal range before you hurt yourself, we don't always try to get it back to full range of motion, that finger joints flexibility. We want to return you to a normal, safe range of motion. So for many of you, if you could take your finger past straight, past 180 degrees, we do not need to work to get it into that range of motion. I would love to try to work towards getting it all the way straight um, and all the way flexed to where you don't feel any tension in the joint. And we let that tension uh, with curling up those fingers really guide us as to do I have good range of motion out of my finger or not? So if your fingers are feeling tight and stiff and rigid as you curl them up, then we may need to work on more than one finger joint. And I love this discussion because I, I I love to bring up past clients and, and different cases for you guys to consider. I had one client who was very hypermobile. He could take his fingers and fold them all the way back to the top of his wrist. He, um, in crimping, could get into this nasty position with his fingers that just looked like bone, like bone spurs are on the way for him in the future with how far he could take his joints. So after his injury, he injured his finger that we could no longer get it past straight. He was upset because he had lost his normal range of motion for him into over flexibility. So if you were to straighten your finger past 180 degrees and he was upset that he had lost it and wanted it back. So he wanted it as flexible as it had originally been. And in his case, Post-injury, his finger is actually more stable. It's safer to protect it from injury in the future. So for him, having it not go all the way straight, all the way into hyperextension, actually decreased his likelihood of re-injury in his case. So for those of you that have a finger that is almost completely straight and you're really worried about getting that last little bit, we can work on it, we can work towards it, but if we don't get you all the way there or get you into your overmobile range, that's okay. I care more about how we can bend it and curl it up versus how straight the finger goes. So sometimes losing your flexibility can be a good thing. So for for the finger joint mobility exercises, these are on the show notes link to this podcast. I've included a video and links for getting this done yourself, but you are promising that you are one, not currently injured, two, don't have a hot puffy finger because exercises can make this way worse on an active acute injury. And these exercises are for stiff joints. So if your joints are overly mobile, these are not for you, okay? You do not fit in this category. So in all clients, these videos to protect my assets are to be used in conjunction with care at your local PT's office or in conjunction with therapy with myself. So many of these PTs do not specialize in finger and hand injuries of the climber. And I do. So I find that my care often pairs 
very nicely if you're already seeing someone. So we hit on what the mobility loss is usually from. We discussed what the mobility loss, what that that puffy, um, abnormal, bulbous joint looks like under the surface, what causes it, and why it's designed to be used on those, uh, the homework exercises, why it's designed to be used on those with a healed finger that is chronically stiff. Because many of you will heal up and your stiffness is gone immediately as your swelling disappears, okay? So if you have a new hot injury and you're worried about the stiffness, don't worry, my friend. As the swelling goes out, your stiffness will also go away. So that is why I'm saying that that this podcast episode is specifically for chronic injuries. But it's good to have this discussion, right? Because if you have a new acute injury, then it's good to have that, that education and that feedback that, Hey, my friend, if you let it rest, you let it heal, that puffiness, that swelling is going to disappear out of your finger. Kinesio tape is a great friend for those of you who are rigid. Your fingers become stiff during or after use because kinesio tape is a, is a stretchable tape and perfect for those that have use-based rigidity or finger stiffness that is from physiological fluid. So, and what is physiological fluid? As you move your fingers, your, your joints naturally fill with fluid and the joint spaces naturally fill with more fluid. And we call this physiological fluid. So for many of you, if you go and have imaging done an MRI, after climbing, you're going to have a lot more normal fluid in your joints, more fluid than if you don't climb or if you don't use your fingers. So just keep that in mind. If you hurt yourself and you went and get an MRI right away on your finger, make sure to let them know, Hey, I was working out today because you're going to see more fluid. And so we, in a finger in its normal state at rest, we want to be able to make this comparison that there, that fluid should not be there. So if they see it, we have a problem. But if you tell them, Hey, I've been working out, then they're going to expect it. So that physiological fluid can normally build up in some people. And for many of you, that kinesio tape is going to help if it's, if it's causing stiffness and irritation, especially if you have bone spurs building up or those of you that we are now managing your, your injury. So it's something that you injured it in the past. And now we have degeneration bone spurs. Say you're in your fifties, sixties, seventies. I have some 70 year old clients that are climbers. That's pretty cool. So those people, um, they can have a little more physiological fluid building up than someone who is in their twenties and thirties. So kinesio tape works really well for that. Just reading my notes. I just want to make sure I don't miss anything. Oh yes. Um, comparing kinesio tape with climbers tape, because this is a very important discussion so that you can understand the differences between them. A lot of you guys, I say, go kinesio tape it and you put on climbers tape. So climbers tape is not the same thing as kinesio tape, kinesio tape or K tape or KT tape, or, um, there's so many different names it goes by rock tape or, um, healthy you compression tape. It is a compression therapy to control swelling. Climbers tape is totally different. Climbers tape applies one unchanging load. Compression tape is stretchy. It gives, 
and it applies pressure to your finger if your finger gets bigger or if your finger shrinks, it still applies continuous pressure. In comparison with climber's tape, which would just be like a tight ring, when your finger shrinks, the tape just sags and does nothing. And then if your finger swells with physiological fluid, then all of a sudden that climber's tape could be a little bit too tight. So not nearly as useful. So climber's tape is to be used during climbing or as a support for a structure that is injured, for example, a pulley, a tendon, a wrist. So I just say this because many climbers use climber's tape for swollen joints and it isn't useful for a joint. I'd much rather see you using kinesio tape, compression therapy. That's all. So with compression tape, when you're done climbing, you can loosen the tape for at-home application. So 24 hours a day if, if you're really noticing finger issues. So for those of you that are dealing with an acute hot new um, injury or something that is chronic that just keeps rearing its ugly head, kinesio tape you can wear into the night in bed, but you want it very loose. So when you apply it, you don't stretch it as you apply it if you're working out. We want proper blood flow, but we want to give that joint, that finger, a little bit of support to keep out that extra swelling so that we don't get that overabundance of granular scar tissue. So I'm talking about prevention. So that big, puffy, permanent finger, we could have avoided it. Compression tape also keeps it from happening. Same thing with ankles. Like if you sprain your ankle, I myself sprained my ankle in high school. And I remember the athletic trainer was so upset at me because my ankle was all bulbous. And she said, well, now I'm going to have to hurt you. And I'm going to have to tape it way more aggressively versus if you just came in right after you sprained it before it puffed up, then we could keep all that, that inflammation from pooling in the area versus if you injure yourself and you wait a period of time, now it's all puffed up. And one, it hurts like heck to compress something that's swollen. And two, it, it's going to shrink from the pressure. And then we have to apply a different, um, pressure. And, th and that's with the athletic tape or the climbers tape is that example. So swelling is best controlled before it builds up, not after. And we talked about that finger becoming adhered. So you can go in and work the tissues to make sure they aren't adhered with a, a finger that is now, um, the inflammation has come out of it and it is uninjured now, right? We've gone through the phases of, of healing. And, and so, so for a finger that is healed, that is now just immobile, we can go in and start breaking up those adhesions. And with climbers, there is a lot of research not to take like a really sharp right turn here, but I'm going to do it. There is a lot of research to show that tendons and ligaments can become adhered in climbers in the back of your hand. So not the back of the finger, but the back of your hand. So the opposite from the palm, back of the hand. And these adhesions where things get all stuck together from swelling and inflammation, it can cause excessive loading down into those joints that, that, that you are seeking help for, which is why you're listening to this podcast, right? So definitely thinking about the finger and ensuring that we're not missing anything and could anything be causing excessive load into the back of that joint into the tendons of the finger and the back of the hand can do it. So we can work into those tissues to soften them and to ensure that the back of the hand isn't all adhered. 
So, and this is specialty work. So this would be a secondary addition if your self-care isn't working for you, if you have had an impact on the back of the hand. So if you are, um, I'm just thinking out loud of, of different climbers that would qualify for, for focal work on the back of their hand to unload a finger. Um, if you're a crack climber, if you have excessive, if you have had excessive irritation or trauma on the back of the hand. So many of us as climbers absolutely have. Um, and what does care, uh, what would that care look like? Uh, we would use a Graston tool. Um, another brand would be like the wave tools, the Aret wave tool. And um, in previous podcasts, as with this podcast, the wavetooltherapy.com guys are giving all of my listeners a discount. So, and that would be 10% off with code Dr. Lisa 10. Um, and you can get in there and just slowly start separating the layers. So if this is something that interests you or you want to learn more about, you can listen to episode 21, which is a mini, what to do about pain and stiffness in the back of your hand and fingers. And then also episode 19, which is do it yourself, Graston, Gua Sha, and Wave Tool Therapies. So this, my friend, should send you in the right direction. So thank you so much for listening. I would love to hear what you thought of today's episode on the finger, on decreased mobility of the finger. A lot of you guys have been telling me that finger, 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 and joint, joint, joint is, is our focus. So, um, absolutely reach out to me, uh, Dr. Lisa Brin DC at Gmail. If you have any questions, thoughts, or ideas, and thanks for listening. If you're stuck in your self-care and you do not have a local doctor who specializes in climbing injuries, I'm happy to help you virtually through my clinic. You can book yourself in at climbinginjuriessolved.com and I will meet with you virtually where you can point to your injury. I'll lead you through steps of how to load it and we'll go through the in and outs of everything you do in your daily routine in your climbing and in your self-care to make sure that this absolutely heals up and your injury risks of having it happen again are down towards zero. Book yourself in at climbinginjuriesolved.com and click a new patient visit. And if you have x-rays, MRIs, or if you want to know what's going on in there and want them to be ordered, this is the perfect next step. But also, if you're happy working through it on your own, I have plenty of free material through my website, YouTube videos, The Climbing Doc, and I'm just honored you're listening. I hope you share my episode if you find it to have been helpful, and thank you so much for joining me. Have a beautiful day.